0: The new science of physical health In today's episode, we examine some new science around weight loss drugs. You will hear from world-renowned Ph.D. of cardiology, Dr. Carl Levy. He wrote the book called, The Obesity Paradox. Find out what his medical research has to do with basketball legend Charles Barkley. The weight loss success Charles is having in today's news story is not all that it seems. In just a moment, we will hear from our host and begin today's episode from the new science of physical health.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome back here to season number three of the new science of physical health i'm so thrilled and excited that you've joined us back here we've been running this program now sit here uh, from australia from sydney australia since back in 2020 when the uh pandemic started and it took off and exploded it went all around the world and uh ending up in what are we up to now 97 different countries i think it is and thousands and thousands of cities. I'm very very excited to have you join us back here at this brand new seat. The slightly different approach, but one that I think will be uh, involve more engagement from people who are listening to the from the different countries all over the world. If you've never met me before, super brief, my name is Shane Stubbs. I've been a health and physical education teacher in Australian schools since way back in 1985. This is year number 38 that I have been doing something that very few people around the world ever do when it comes to this topic that I teach, the new science of physical health. I'm involved on a day-to-day basis, face-to-face, finding out what engages people who are students of mine and people who are listening. There's a real science to understanding physical health outcomes But there's a real art to teaching it. And I've been lucky enough for 38 years of my life, day after day after day, to be face to face with 30 people at a time, 30 people at a time, 30 people at a time, literally tens of thousands of conversations every single week, engaging people and working on the craft of engaging people in the new science of physical health. So to set up season three, here's what we're going to do. Continue on with our special topics, the Wellness Wars book series, which we finished up on at the end of season three, about a month or so ago, depending on when you're listening to this. We've got new special topics. We've got more interviews coming up with world-renowned PhDs from all the disciplines that relate to improving your physical health outcomes. We're going to convert their complex medical research into simple lessons that we can all use, and there's going to be. Stay tuned. At the end of this episode, I'll introduce you to something that's coming up, which I'm so excited about. As I roll out the the last part of 2023 into launching with something in 2024, which is brand new. I've been working on it for probably the last three months, and I'm going to announce what it is today at the end of this episode. And then it's going to be rolling out at the start of 2024. Very, very excited about an entirely special, unique, brand new project that's a part of the new science of physical health that we've never done before. That will make a difference in your lives and the people that you care about or the people you're responsible for or surrounding improving their physical health outcomes. So that's a bit of background bit of setup for season three. Here's what we're going to do in today's episode, as we've already mentioned. I want to talk to you about a brand new article that just got released on September the 30th, 2023. So it's very fresh article that I get two things. I get brand new health articles sent to me because I subscribe to different things and I get brand new medical research. So we're not examining medical research today. We're examining an article that you can get the link to. And I'll put the link inside the show notes. Here's the title of it: Charles Barclay's weight loss drug, Monjaro, about to be available in Australia. Now, depending on what country you're in right now, this weight loss drugs are the hot topic. So much the hot topic that the Swedish company that's been making this drug called Ozempic. That basically what Ozempic does, if you've never heard of it, it's a weekly injection, just a tiny little injection. Prescribed by a doctor, very, very po- so popular that the Swedish company that make it have run out of supplies here in Australia, and I think probably in some other countries around the world. And so, here's a basic introduction if you've never heard of Ozempic and you've never heard of weight loss drugs, I'm going to talk about a brand new one that's about to be released here in Australia. I know it's in America, and I know that it's quite expensive over there. I don't think it's anywhere near as expensive here in Australia because we have uh, a government uh, system called uh, of health system where the government subsidizes a lot of medications. But what this drug basically does is using a medication that's inside the drug, it uh, helps to interfere with, well, there's a couple of things that it does. This is what the the doctors that I've spoken to talk about. It uh, slows the emptying of the stomach and it makes you feel full for longer And it helps with your ability to process insulin. That's what the medication does. The side effect of that, because it's typically for diabetics, but off-label, the side effect of that is the drug Ozempic will create weight loss. So doctors all around the world and all sorts of different countries are prescribing Ozempic and have been for the last couple of years. But the company that make it in Norway, it's so popular that they're unable to keep up with supply to all the different countries of the world because the drug actually works. Now, here's the interesting, give you a little bit of a take about this. So I'll just read from a bit from the article and then I want to discuss with you what something that hidden behind this drug where the weight loss success, a very different approach to examining this weight loss drug that you would have heard of from before. Very different approach because I'm not going to talk about the side effects of the drug. I'm going to talk about the positives and the negatives. You and your medical practitioner are the only ones who can decide whether or not a weight loss drug like Ozempic, which does work and the the clinical research proves that it works, whether or not that's something that medically you should be involved with. That's not what I want to talk about. I want to come at it from a completely different angle related to the new science of physical health. So here's what the title of the article says. Move over Azempic, there's a new player in town and it has the backing of big-name basketballer, NBA Hall of Famer Charles Barkley, who I love, by the way, a former player um, in the NBA and now a sports commentator with Shaquille O'Neal. He is hilarious. He and Shaquille O'Neal... And uh, Kenny the Jet Smith, and I can't remember who the host, the other host name is, who's not a basketballer. Uh, at the NBA halftime, I follow the NBA. I'm a lover of sport, but for the competition side, not to compete anymore. I'm 57 years old, so I don't compete. I think I'm around the same age as Charles Barkley. So Mon- uh, Monjaro is the latest fat loss drug to hit our shores here in Australia, and is said to be almost twice as effective. As the controversial and hugely popular Ozempic. Now it's interesting why it's controversial. I think that's a uh, that's another article written by this journalist. I'm not I'm not convinced. I'm not going to get into whether it's controversial or not, but it is hugely popular. The basketball star Charles Buckley has told fans that he's lost 27 kilos in six months of injecting Monjaro. I think that's how you say it, Monjaro, M-O-U-N-J-A-R-O. So there's a telehealth company, I won't mention their name in this article, that's told this journalist that they'll shortly be prescribing the diabetic drug Lycozempic, which Licozempic comes from the class of medications known as GLP-1s. Until now, Australians have only been able to access medications such as Ozempic, which now face global supply shortages. So then in this image here, in this article here, there's a picture of Charles Barclay back in 1988 when he was playing basketball. Quite a healthy looking athlete playing in the NBA at that point in time. And then as I scroll down this article here, there's a picture of Charles Barclay, probably playing golf, who's a very tall man. I think he's about six foot eight, but he was weighing something. I'm not sure what he weighed at, at one stage, but he's lost 27 kilos using this this drug that's about to land in australia so it'll be available it says here from october the 9th and once again it's something between you and your um your medical practitioner whether it doesn't matter what country you're listening to this episode in only you and your doctor can decide whether or not uh, this new drug if you've never heard of it or the previous drug Ozempic, which is in short supply it's injected once a week It says here side effects are similar, which include tiredness, loss of appetite, which is a good thing. That's what's helping lose the weight, sometimes some nausea and some vomiting. So studies, what the article says, studies have indicated that Monjaro is nearly twice as effective as other similar medications into helping patients lose weight. So six months, 27 kilos, what is that, about 50, 60 pounds if you work in that system? So this is what it says, a recent US clinical study found an average of 20.9% body weight loss in patients who are using Monjaro after 52 weeks compared to patients using the previous one that I mentioned, Ozempic, who lose 13.8%. So let's put it simple. If you weigh 100 kilos, what's that, 220 pounds, you would lose on the previous drug, Ozempic, maybe 13 kilos after a year using that medication, a once a week injection. Then if you go onto this brand new one, you'll lose somewhere around about 21 kilos. Now that's significant. Monjoro is different to other medications. This is the interesting part, that it not only does it suppress the appetite, it also works to promote fat loss and block fat again, said this doctor, Dr. Vickers, who's a part of this article. This means it can be more effective for promoting weight loss through reduced appetite as well as working directly on the pathways that lead to fat loss now the rest of the article goes into uh what's happening in australia when it's coming in australia all of those types of things and the shortage of supply of the original drug that's been available in australia and other parts of the world called ozempic so here's my commentary about this particular article and not everything seems the success that Charles Barkley, this very funny man who was a very, very good professional athlete. He played in the 1992 uh, US Olympic dream team. That was the first ever uh, NBA players to play in the Olympic games who won the gold medal in the Olympic games. So Charles Barkley has had this great success in six months, lost 50 or 60 pounds, probably going to lose about a hundred pounds by the end of this 12 months. And so The idea of this journalist has been to use the success story of Charles Barclay to get people to read this information about this brand new medication coming into Australia very soon, which lots and lots of people will start using on the back of the medical advice of their doctors. They'll make that choice together as a doctor and a patient thing. Once again, that's not for me. I'm not in that field of being a doctor. I'm in the field of being an educator. Here's what I meant at the start of this episode where I said that um, not everything, not all the success that Charles Barclay, if I got the chance to sit down with Charles Barclay and I asked him, Charles, you're an NBA basketballer, you were known for being a strong player, for um, sometimes being a little bit overweight and you struggled with your weight throughout your basketball career. And obviously, as you've gotten older, Charles, you're around the same age that I am. Um, you've uh, you've put on a lot of weight, obviously still six foot eight, like you were in your basketball playing days. But I think I've read in different articles, you've probably put on 100 to 120 pounds, or say about 50 odd kilos, since you've finished playing. Now that's on the way back down. Charles, do you feel better emotionally about when you look at yourself in the mirror each day? What do you think the answer would be from Charles Barclay if I got to interview him and ask him those questions? The answer would be yes. He he goes, my clothes would be looser fitting. I feel more energetic. I can exercise more easily now. My knees and ankles aren't as sore because I've lost these 60-odd pounds in such a short, fast space of time by using this medication. It's fantastic, is what Charles Barclay would say to me which is what everyone would say. His doctor would be happy and his medical doctor would be happy because losing weight does improve your physical health outcomes, which is what the goal of the new science of physical health is all about. So why did I say at the start of this episode, the success that Charles Barclay is having is not all that it might seem? That seems like a very contradictory Article. And it brings me to a short section that I want to give you from an interview I did with Dr. Carl lavy a PhD in exercise, physio- sorry, not in exercise physiology, a PhD in cardiology from Louisiana in the United States. Dr. lavy is a, not only is he a practicing cardiologist at the uh, Ostner Medical Center down there in Louisiana, Louisiana has the greatest accent of all time. He probably thinks I've got an accent. We spoke about this when I had my interview with him. But um, uh, he thinks I've got an accent. I think he's got an accent. He reminds me of um, the, the President John F. Kennedy. I don't know where John F. Kennedy was born. I haven't looked that up. But his accent reminds me of that. And, in fact, Dr. Lavi, when you see a photo of him, I'll put a link in the show notes here, um, to his book called The Obesity Paradox. Very interesting. Very interesting research. because So Dr. Lavi and I have a great conversation about our different accents. But Dr. Lavi, PhD in cardiology, practicing cardiologist, research cardiologist, and an author who writes this book called The Obesity Paradox. And the subtitle or the subtext of his book is When Heavier Means Healthier and Thinner Means Sicker. Well, that's what got me interested when I read this article from September the 30th, 2023, about Charles Barclay, who's lost 27 kilos, about 50 or 60 pounds now in a six-month period, which is a great result. But here's – I'm going to do this. I'm going to give you a few minutes right now of my interview with Dr. Lavi about his book called The Obesity Paradox. Then I'll come back and wrap up this episode about this article and why and i'll give you the conclusion of why i don't think that the the my opinion from the new science of physical health desk is the success that charles barclay is having is not what it seems so let's do this let's transition now to a few minutes of myself speaking with famed world-renowned doctor of cardiology and also a of the called the obesity paradox, Dr. Carl Lavie, and then we'll come back and wrap up this episode and relate it back to this brand new weight loss drug that's about to hit Australia, and the success, seeming success that Charles Barclay is having with this particular drug. Obviously, I think in a
0: perfect world, I stick with the ideal would be for everyone to remain lean and fit. You know, and so that would be the perfect. But the, the thing is, that's not what happens in our society, is that with aging, people gain weight and they lose fitness. And it would be better to, 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 to maintain some fitness, even if you gain weight, than vice versa. Because yeah. I think that fitness is more important than weight for long-term outcomes.
1: So, First of all, welcome to the new science of physical health, all the way from, you're in Louisiana, is that where you're based? Yes. That's I've, I've yet to be Louisiana, but I've always been fascinated by the deep south in America. You've got some real rich culture down there. Uh, it's a fascinating place.
0: Yeah. And I'm actually I'm actually, you know, my, my Oshner is is part of the University of Queensland. We It's called the University. It's Oshner yeah. Clinical School, University of Queensland School of Medicine. And I've only been to Australia once. I've never been to Brisbane. I, I, I gave a keynote. I gave a keynote and uh, about three other lectures in Perth, Australia, a number of years ago, yep. at the uh, big sports medicine conference. But uh, I actually never been to Brisbane. But I'm I'm am te- technically a professor of medicine there because That's we right.
1: have our medical school with uh, Queensland. Ask you about your book, um, the the obesity paradox. Like you've wrote that about was it about eight years ago. Is that right? Twenty
0: fourteen. Twenty
1: fourteen. And like what? What inspired you to come up with, like, because that title, I, I think I saw that in a news article just recently, and here am I. I'm like one of those guys who's never watched, um, uh, not House of Dragon, what's the previous one? Game of Thrones. I've never watched Game of Thrones. Yeah. Maybe one day I will, and it would be a great series. But I get your book, like, eight years after you've published it, and I go, how did I not see this before? Like, <laughs> it's it's. And I actually I actually was on I was
0: on a, a couple of news uh, things in Australia when the book came out. So I was on I was on a couple of TV shows and uh, yeah. and I was interviewed a couple of times in Australia. Um, you know, you know, obviously I was I was being interviewed remotely, but um, but I did a few interviews uh, in Australia about the book. Um, yeah. You asked me what what was the impetus? Well, you know, I, I had done a bunch of papers. On the obesity paradox, in the you know, in in really since uh, the early 2000s, and and actually, uh, um, someone approached me about doing the book. Said, "Have you ever thought about doing a book on this?" and 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 it was an agent, and um, and so they, you know, so I, I I was very interested always in the topic, but but to do a book for lay people. Uh, the agent got me hooked up, you know, with uh, with with a, a person who's a, a really good lay uh, writer, Kristen Loberg, who you know, see, is on right. the bottom of the book, yeah. and she's got a, you know several bestsellers, um, and um, you know, and it's in, 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 and 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 I've I've right now as of this morning, I have one thousand and sixty papers on PubMed in the medical oh, in wow. the PubMed medical, but you know, it's it's a little bit different writing for the lay public, yeah, you know, and and so. I mean, and so let me ask: is 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 is, is this going to
1: be mostly for the lay public or for, uh, for yeah. clinicians? Mostly, so mostly people, lay. Two, two types yeah. of people: people like me who are educators. In so yeah. we, the show goes out to eighty-seven different countries right now. Um, yeah. So we've got thousands of listeners across the world. So we're excited about that. But um, also, my big mission as an educator is to drag the people. Who currently have zero interest in their physical health outcomes across to listening to people like your message with the obesity paradox. You know, yeah. like even okay. that subtitle of that book is just amazing to me when yeah. thinner means sicker sicker and heavier means healthier. And it's like yeah. that is like that was really well thought out because that's not what most people think.
0: Right and 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 obviously and obviously again i the the one thing that sometimes if you just catch if you just catch a quick look at the uh the, that title and the subtitle you might get the impression that i'm i'm saying it's actually better to be fat than than thin and i and 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 obviously i go through it in the book and explain that that's not the case but no. but the the thing is is that so much emphasis is put on weight um and too much emphasis is put on 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 weight Probably even more in the United States than in, in, in Australia, but I think Australia the, the weight's been going up over over yeah. a few decades as well. And so yeah, and, and, and and even though you know both are important, I try to really make 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 the point that being too thin is also not healthy and being fit is more
1: important than being thin. So let's go let's dive into that okay. because this is the thing okay. that we're gonna do. With my audience, what what I am trying to reveal to them is this whole concept of how, what is cardiorespiratory fitness score and how does it actually impact structure and function of the heart and the blood vessel network? So my audience know and the people who join my audience, they know that it's the number one cause of sickness, disease and death. 18 million people all year worldwide have a heart attack and stroke or some form of event, cardiovascular event and die, but they don't... I, I've asked people like me who've been teachers in health for, and physical education for 30 years, what is it about physical activity that makes you healthy? And you'd think that people like me would know the answer to that question. They yeah. don't. They simply don't know the structural changes. So what, what is CRF and then how does it impact this cardiovascular structure? Cardio CRF
0: is the abbreviation for cardiorespiratory fitness, um, which is in a way kind of like exercise capacity, but it's it's a it's a strong interaction between the the heart, the lungs, and the skeletal musculature, um, and and it's and it's a it's a it's a way that you can get information on all three, and there's many different measures of cardiorespiratory fitness. Mm-hmm. You know, so one one you can do a really simple measure is just see how far someone could walk in six minutes. And it's called yeah. a six minute walk test. Yeah. And that's a measure of cardiorespiratory fitness. And and so the person who can walk a lot further is 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 got a higher fitness. We we typically do it on a treadmill or a bicycle. Yeah. And I think maybe we do it in a treadmill almost all in the United States. And I think you might use the bicycle a little bit more in uh, in Australia. But typically, yeah. typically, typically on the treadmill, you're seeing how, what incline someone can go to and what speed someone can go to on the treadmill. Yeah. And that correlates very much with prognosis. Um, and then the best way to measure cardiorespiratory fitness is actually with a cardiopulmonary stress test where you hook someone up to the, the, to the mask. And yeah. you measure gas analysis, you measure oxygen consumption and carbon dioxide production. And yeah. that's the gold standard uh, way that you really measure, and, and, and we get a measure what's called peak oxygen consumption or peak VO2. Yeah. Um, but but that's a pretty fancy test and it's done in laboratories, it's yeah. it's done uh, you know, by researchers, and we do it we do it clinically. But, but still, most of the, the, the assessments done around the world are not done with the cardiopulmonary test, but they're done with either a treadmill or a bicycle and basically see how far one can go. Or they're just done with really simple things like, you know, like a six-minute walk test. Yeah, And and if you think about it, there's all kind of ways you can get that information. You can say, okay, let's we, let, we're going to do a mile race, and yeah. we'll see – in a mile race, how long does it take you to to to, to walk or run a mile? And yeah. that would be a pretty good judge of fitness, yeah. you know. And so now, a hundred yard dash would not be a great. Uh, uh, it would be too short of an event, for, you know, for, for a fitness test. It yeah. would have a. It, you still probably have to have some fitness to run just to do a hundred yard. A dash, but really, that's more speed and athletic ability, yes. and that wouldn't be. But a mile, or a, or a two mile, or a, a three mile, a five k, those would all be very, very good tests of fitness. And 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 again, we do it we do it clinically in a like a treadmill test, a uh, bicycle test, or uh, yeah. you know, and and those kind of things. And so, so that gives us the the, the, the estimation of cardiorespiratory fitness. And, and that correlates tremendously with prognosis. And so it, it correlates with cardiovascular survival and all-cause survival. It even
1: correlates with, uh, with, with, uh, with cancer survival. Here's the point that Dr. Lavi was making and what I wanna share with people about the new science of physical health as we go forward here in season number three. The point is that there is a a medical terminology that I have. I know this for a fact because of the teaching career that I've had since 1985, 38 years. Soon I'll be in my 40th year of teaching this subject that I'm obsessed with, health and physical education. There's a medical terminology that teachers don't know, a medical terminology that personal trainers don't know, people inside the fitness industry don't know. They might, some of them know it, but it's not commonly used. So what's commonly used are things like your calorie burn, the number of exercise sessions you did, your heart rate intensity. All of the work that I've done with interviewing and consulting with and working with over 100 PhDs in the last three seasons of the new science of physical health, people from all over the world, not just here in Australia all the work that I've done has driven me to the conclusion that almost nobody's ever heard of CRF. So my 38 years of teaching and this work that I've done with hundred PhDs to convert their complex medical research into simple lessons. Almost no one's heard of the term CRF, cardiorespiratory, or as Dr. Lavy says, cardiorespiratory fitness score. Now, what we what happens is Charles Barclay could lose twenty seven kilos of weight. He looks in as I said earlier in the episode. He looks fantastic in the mirror. He'll get comments on camera on his uh, halftime show that they have in the NBA about how fantastic you look, Charles. You must feel better. Shaquille O'Neal will um, will be wanting to know what his secret is, and because Shaquille's a big man as well. Um, He's also got, got into some uh, weight loss stuff himself recently. I don't know whether he's using the the weight loss drug that Charles is using. So there'll be this great banter on camera about how Charles is looking fantastic, and it'll, there'll be some funny stuff that comes out of that. And that's tremendous for Charles's physical appearance and how he feels about himself. But here's the point about success: a human being can lose twenty-seven kilos of weight, fifty or sixty pounds, and they may not create in almost many cases, do not create medical, what I call molecular and physiological health adaptations that would drive down their risk of the, big, of the number one cause of sickness, disease, and premature death, heart attack and stroke, cardiovascular events. So imagine this. Imagine you lose 27 kilos like Charles Barclay. But in doing so, that adaptation, that molecular and physiological health adaptation of losing that much weight impacts your mental health in a super positive way and the clothes that you wear and how you look to people around you. But internally, from this work that we have from Dr. Lavi and other researchers, you may not create and almost certainly will not have raised your CRF score. If you don't raise your CRF score, and which I'm not going to go into detail about that in this particular episode, but because I want to get back to the art, just stick on the article that we that I found here that came into my inbox. Charles Barkley has the success of losing weight, and people go, "That's the success." But does that success help reduce his risk of a cardiovascular event? And the answer could be no. Definitely, definitely not if he doesn't raise his CRF score. I have a different name for it as an educator. If you've listened to anything from previous seasons of the New Science of Physical Health, I call it your health impact score. What is your health impact score? That's a whole nother episode. And we're. this is what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to wrap up this particular episode here. I'm going to teach throughout this season based on the current um, newspaper articles and current medical research, focusing in on around how do you, what's the simplest way for any person to generate positive molecular and physiological health adaptations that will drive down your clinical clinical risk. That's your provable medical risk. That's what that means. Drive down your clinical risk of the number one cause of sickness, disease, and premature death, cardiovascular events. Of all the things you'll face, that's the thing that's most likely to cause permanent sickness, premature sickness, cause you to go to the doctor to have medication and put you in a position where your very life is at risk, whether it's in your 40s like my father, 50s like I am now, 60s or beyond, or some people even in their 30s having cardiovascular events, men and women, not just men. What's the number one cause of sickness, disease, and premature death in females? It is not cancer. It's not breast cancer, although that's insidious, by the way, and it's horrible, not to discount that, but it's heart attacks, cardiovascular events around the world, in country. We have 97 countries listening to this particular program. And, In all of those countries, it doesn't matter which one I look up, the number one cause of sickness, disease and premature death are cardiovascular events in men and women. So you can lose weight, but that doesn't mean you'll change the structure and function of things like your endothelial tissue, things like your arterial stiffness, things like the fibrosis risk, of or develop the risk of developing cardiac fibrosis inside your heart muscle wall you have to focus in and hone in on something that we're going to give you the opportunity to do called raising your crf score i call it your health impact score which is a medically proven biometric that converts your heart rate into a score that will determine how much positive molecular and physiological health adaptations you have that will drive down your risk of a cardiovascular event, the number one cause of sickness leading to a death. So let me finish this episode out. It's great that Charles Barclay's lost weight. It's great that these medications are available. That's the choice between you and your doctor or between anyone and their doctor. I'm not saying that the positives are outweigh the negatives or the negatives outweigh the positives. That's not a choice I need to make for you. But what I want to point out is that you can lose weight and still be as at much risk of serious sickness, serious premature disease that's permanent, or premature death. We'll delve into that more, and we will, in the rest of this season of the New Science of Physical Health. Thanks for joining me. I'm going to finish up here. Then listen in. For your opportunity to find out more about what's coming at the start of 2024 that'll be right at the end of the 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 outtake not the outtake the uh, what do you call that an outro there's an intro and an outro the outro part i'm going to talk about right have uh played for you right after we finish here thanks for joining me so much we're back here at season three it's fabulous time to be alive and i want you to be alive longer i want you to learn to live longer through the new science of physical health thanks for joining me everybody see you the next episode where we'll look at a brand new article just released from somewhere around in the world about its relationship to the new science of physical health bye for now
0: thank you for joining us at today's episode of the new science of physical health We hope you have enjoyed listening. We want to introduce you to a brand new and unique learning initiative from our show. Our laser focused objective in 2024 will be helping our listeners to drive down their clinical risk of what we call the big four, obesity, catastrophic cardiovascular events like heart attack or stroke, diabetes, and the cluster of conditions called metabolic disease. You are going to hear a lot about a brand new project launching in early 2024. We call it, The Perfect Health Lesson, A Single Framework. Find out more by clicking the link here in the show notes.